Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanin Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lupton, and we have another dope jam-packed show for you today. It's Wednesday, so you know how we do. We have a great interview lined up for you today. We have none other than Audrey Hammetner, who is with the Bedrock Program. So we are going to get in all the great things that Audrey does and has done and if you have not done so yet if you haven't checked out part one of our podcast series with dr kamika campbell then friend i implore you to go check that out where we discuss our top five news stories of the week again we have with us audrey hammetner who is the founder of the bedrock program which is a global social impact practice focused on developing a generation of empowered youth with deep career motivation based on solid core values. Audrey, thank you for joining us today on The Melanin Report. Thank you for having me. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes. And we're honored to have you, first of all, First of all, I'm I'm honored because uh, this is this is our first international uh, um, interview that we're doing. So for the listener, uh, can can you tell the folks where you're uh, where you're broadcasting from? Yes, actually, I'm from Dubai in the UAE. Hey, there it is. So, <laughs> so um, uh, first first question here doesn't have to deal with the Bedrock program, but actually, uh, the UAE. I heard it's absolutely gorgeous out there, and I'm missing out in life because I haven't been there yet. True or false? True. You have to come. Ooh. And the UAE is not just about glitz and glamour. You mm. can literally have whatever you want out here. You want to go into the desert, ride a camel and look at the sunrise over the dunes mm. you want to go up to the top of the Burj Khalifa and skydive or zip line across the marina it it really does have a little bit of everything for everyone I've been here nine years now and I still can't get tired of it oh wow you've been there nine years and still not tired of it wow there's there's places I've been for nine minutes and was tired of it so the fact <laughs> that you've been there for nine years really 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 uh says says a lot so uh let's let's uh jump right into this and um and talk about your business uh, the bedrock program can you tell us uh, what it is and how you got started. Sure. So the Bedrock Program was actually um, a brainchild to deal with issues that I had in my prior career. So I used mm. to be a vice president of global business operations for a media technology firm. And one of the biggest issues that I was always working to correct was disengaged employees mm. why was it so hard to keep people engaged why was it so hard to keep them motivated why was innovation tough for some and not for others um why were we having our hard time meeting numbers on areas of the business where you could tell if people just worked a little harder it could happen um and it, it really frustrated me and i worked really hard to address these concerns it wasn't until actually about five years after that role, when I started working as head of operations and finance for a, a school, a private school, that I realized that career education hadn't changed. Mm. Young people were still being pushed to focus on careers that were based on skills, which we all know everyone can learn, and what they like when they're 16 and 17. Mm. Now, you can imagine as a, 
a grown-up person who has followed a career path based on either what their parents said or what they thought was cool at 16, now being 45, 46, and, you know, they followed the, the path. They didn't want to you know, lose any money. They didn't want to lose a step in what was now expected of them. Mm-hmm. And they felt like it, the purpose was gone. Like, what am I doing? Mm. And then you have the midlife crisis. And when I actually sat down and thought about it, I thought, wait a minute. If we can help the young people from the beginning to get it right, how they're looking at, how they're pivoting, how they should consider that career journey, because it's not all about getting to the end. It's actually enjoying the journey as Mm -hmm. you go. What a huge impact that could make. Right? On the, 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 on the, the anxiety, on the stress, on people enjoying their work, enjoying their life better, feeling more fulfilled, regardless of what you do, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to take a career in a social impact firm. You could work as a banker and still love what you do as long as it hits with the core values that make you happy, Yeah, right? If it really aligns with the person you want to become. So in 2019, I said, screw this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump and, 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 do my part to make things different mm. um, for the world and, and and for young people. And I launched the Bedrock program. By that time, I had um, qualified as a neurolinguistic coach, wow. working specifically with youth. Um, and I actually didn't start my coaching career to start a business. I actually started my coaching career to be a better parent. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it wasn't until people saw how I was with my children, they said, well, why aren't you, why, 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 why wouldn't you work with other people's kids hmm. and help other parents? And I thought, I can't just do it with an open cart blanche, yeah. right? I, I, w- I will kill some people for the way they keep their kids, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll end up in jail. Like, this is just, this is not funny. But if I have something that's really focused, like careers, then I can make a difference. I can work with parents. I can work with the youth and I can really see the long-term impact for those people as they they take that journey so that's what i started doing yeah i i i really like that you uh use the word um journey with with career because that's that that's usually not a word that's synonymous with uh career because your career it definitely is a journey. There's there's stops along the way. And and we just really look at career as kind of this start to destination type thing and, and not really enjoying the in between. So I, I really love that language that that you uh, chose to use. And and um, and for your business, uh, there's been folks uh, that that I have interviewed on the Melanin Report that talked about some kind of um career change uh in their in their late 30s in their early 40s um you mentioned a midlife crisis you know uh there's there's this switch where uh there's been a, a couple people that have been pushed to do something because of their parents um because they were looking at uh, monetary gains versus um, um passion so uh so what do you say to those adults uh that that have this kind of um, aha moment where they're like, you know, I've done this for X amount of years, but I don't want to do it anymore. Look, the, we follow the pathway that's given to us. Mm-hmm. And at different points in time, that pathway 
um, seems right. And at times we just follow it because it's the only thing that we kind of have going for us and it seems to make sense. Mm. If you wake up one day and you realize, wait a minute, this isn't for me, it means that that time has come when your brain and, and your, your being is telling yourself, this alignment no longer works. Mm. I'm ready to stand up for myself a little bit. I'm ready to recognize that I need more. And sometimes needing more doesn't necessarily mean changing jobs, right? It could be about developing a hobby. It could be about starting a philanthropy. It could be about um, having a side gig. It could be a number of things. But for adults who truly feel that jolt that says, what I'm doing, doesn't, I'm not happy. And, and this happens to everyone on the full spectrum of success. Huh? Mm-hmm. You can get, I've coached and, and worked with um, individual CEO board members who have been make, making millions, have the name and the status and everything that you can imagine. And yet still they say, no, something's missing, mm. you know, and it's that nagging feeling inside. The first thing you need to do is identify where could that feeling be coming from? What, what core value are you feeling is misaligned? So whether it is something that you feel is missing or something that you feel you're working against, mm. you know, like that energy where you're doing something because you're always doing it, but then there's that niggling feeling that makes you think, I shouldn't be doing this, or I'm not so comfortable doing this, or this doesn't really align with my values. Yeah, You need to identify what that is. Because only when you know what that is that you're running towards or away from, will you be clear as to what it is that will make you happier mm. or feel more fulfilled when you do take that leap. If you just keep looking in different directions without looking at yourself first, you'll be lost. And you see it all the time, right? People have relationships. I don't know what I'm looking for, but I'm just going to date and they never find the right person. Hmm. You know, someone who just jumps hum- jumps from job to job every year and you can't make heads or tails of what <laughs> what they're actually trying to do. Yeah. Um, and they don't know. It's because they haven't stopped first to ask themselves, like, who is the person I'm actually trying to become? Mm. What is the legacy that I want to leave for myself to sort of start to dissect what do I want? Mm. And the problem is that young people don't get asked that question often. No. What do you want? What, how do you see your life playing out in front of you? And it sounds deep, but they're ready for it. Mm-hmm. They want to be asked. They want an opportunity to say, gosh, I don't know. Help me think about this. Mm. You know, explore it a little bit. And if it sounds frivolous at first, go with it. Because that just means that their brain's need to take the time to, to bring it all together. It's really a shame the way that our system is set up. Mm-hmm. With the age of 16, 17, you've got to start developing the prerequisites to have the right entrance requirements to get into university when you're 18, to take studies in a pathway that you don't actually know all the career choices for, hoping you'll graduate and be in a good position to get hired. Yeah. And nowadays, with this incredibly uneasy economic situation, jobs of the future are changing astronomically with technology and AI and you name it. How, is, how are these kids supposed to feel confident right. in the choices that they're making? Right? How are the parents supposed to support them 
if all we do is come up to them and have this archaic vision that, well, you need to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, right? It's like, well, people are making millions doing really silly things out there. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not going to allow your child to innovate and look at how they can utilize their talents to play in the new economy, then they're going to be the ones left out. Mm. Mm. I, I, I love the fact that you said to play in the new economy uh, uh, because that's that's something that I feel as though that that um, my predecessors uh, didn't get us completely prepared for uh, there. There was some preparation, uh, but but the world that we're in now, um, uh, it did not. Uh, uh, they did not. Um, completely get us ready for this new economy. So, um, so then for for your program, uh, how how do you all get these kids, get these students, get these youth uh, prepared for for the new um, e- economy and even the new global economy? Because that's that's where we're moving to if we're not there already. No, absolutely, we're there, right? It's it's all interconnected now. You can't separate one from the other. Mm. Um, we work with young people in a number of different ways. So we have after-school programs where we actually go into the school and we do sort of similar to group coaching, but with a lot of uh, activities. And we try to make it fun, mm. right, for them to either explore career options that they've never thought of before, mashing everything from... Um, the core values, once we've helped them identify what those are, to real passions and interests. Not that you have to always follow your passion, because sometimes your passion can be your hobby, right? It doesn't have to matter. But to identify how can those core values play out in the areas of the world of work that you're interested in, and if there was going to be any innovations and any really fun and exciting changes, what would you want that to be? How would you innovate the future? So getting there, our young people to start thinking about being the those that are going to innovate and create careers of the future, as opposed to sitting on the sidelines waiting for someone else to come up with the cool ideas and then they just follow along. Mm. But the most important part of that is keeping their minds flexible, right? So the focus needs to be big enough that it really has to do with your core value. So you have the flexibility along that pathway if some guy somebody comes up to you and you need says, hey, I got this great idea for a job or a, a new product or a service you want in like this is just awesome and it's gonna do-. then they can actually make the decision and say hey you know what yeah that aligns I like what you're saying let's try that mm. and if it doesn't work they know they can come back as opposed to you know rearing children that think oh no I could never do that and then they miss out on the next Facebook or the next mm. Snapchat. And these are not things people knew of before. They were new innovations and ideas that were developed within a different space of collaboration. And so if we want our kids to be a part of that next something, we have to foster that innovation. We have to foster the mindset that says, if you put your career track, if if you pivot from your career track for a year or two, that's okay. Mm. You got time. You have time. There is no race to the finish line. And see, but as long mm-hmm. no, no, please finish. Please, please finish. No, all I was going to say is, as long as you can 
keep your eye on the bigger prize in the end, you'll always come back. Money will always be there if money is something that is important to you. Status will be there if status is important to you, but you need to have that space to innovate and really explore and enjoy the journey of work. And 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 see, I I love all of that because uh, what what we're taught is you know you don't deviate from from your career track because if you do, then then that's going to hinder you from from future um, uh, from. Uh, I'll, I'll just say goodness from from the future goodness that could possibly happen. Um, you know, we're we're told, e- even though it's not like this, and and I feel as though that the majority of folks know this is that success isn't just this straight line. Like it's not like going down ninety five on the highway, and if you keep on going straight, you know, you're going to get to your destination. You know, there's hills, valleys, um, uh, bumps, bridges. You know, detours and everything like that. So how how, how do you explain that um, that that nuance uh, to to this youth that your your success? just isn't going to be this straight line from start to finish, but there's going to be these nuances of, of life. So when I, when we're working with young people and they are not stupid, they know mm. that there's going to be rough times, right? They're living in economic uncertainty now. Yeah. They live with COVID. They hear their parents talking about it. So they're aware what it is really is giving them the confidence to say sometimes based on situations outside of your control you'll have to make other choices sometimes Mm. temporarily but make the choices where you're going to learn something from it Mm. don't just go for the easy choice that is going to help you scrape by when you walk out of your pivot you want to say i grew Mm. And you want to be able to get back on your track and say, hey, I may have pivoted for a year or two, maybe three. Here's what I learned. And here's how this is going to improve what I'm going to bring to the table now that I'm back. And this is really helpful because there's a lot, for instance, a lot of tech firms have laid off a lot of people recently. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people who thought, "Ooh, my life is sweet because I'm with this big grand firm that I can rely on and everybody wants to work for Mm -hmm. are now finding themselves where everybody else was, right? Looking to either make a startup, join a small business, take anything that's out there because they got bills to pay, Yeah, right? There's no shame in that. There's a learning opportunity in that, right? Maybe that big company experience, you're now going to bring something to the table and help a startup grow. Mm. Maybe you're going to connect with someone else and spark a new idea that may or may not take off. When the time comes that you then decide, no, this ain't for me, I'm going to pivot back to where I was, you're coming with a whole different set of skills, a whole different mindset of success. Yeah. That's the key. That's what I mean when I say it's a journey, right? In every journey, whether it's a road trip or a plane trip, there are people you meet along the way. There are uh, things that happen, stories to tell the person on the other end. This is what this is. Mm. And it makes it much more interesting and enlightening when you see it from that angle and not just the struggle that you might have to go through or you know, the disappointment of having to make a pivot. It'll be disappointing at times. There's no 
you know, there's no way around it. But you can come out stronger mm. if you've got the mindset that allows you to see that there's something here I'm going to learn. There's something here that's going to benefit me. Let me, I've, I've had my sad moment. Now let me turn around and see what I can make out of this, this, this lemon. Uh, Audrey, I'm I, I'm going to say this. Um, uh, it 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 feels like it feels like you read my autobiography because uh, <laughs> because um, the the pivot back. Um, that's that that's one of the things that um, I I actually did myself. Um, I'm I'm back in radio. Um, I did about ten years in in uh, news TV broadcasting, um, and and during that. During that uh, time when I was planning on making the switch back because I started in media in radio and it was uh, it was a tough discussion that I had for about like three weeks with um, my mom, with my wife and even with myself. Like, do I want to make this pivot back to radio? And like in in my mind, it was like, oh, you're going backwards. You know, you're moving backwards. You you progress from this and this isn't what you should do. But fast forward one year later after doing that, it's one of the best decisions that I feel like I've made in the past like seven years. Uh, so so um, I'm concentrating on this um, um, pivot back. How do you communicate that um, that 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 um, that that chance, that risk to pivot back may be beneficial how do you effectively communicate that in your field of work? Does it feel right? Mm. Do you feel like you're going home? Mm. Right? Success is not necessarily about everyone else's vision of where you should be going forward. Mm. Right? You may have pivoted to learn something or to bring expertise back home. Yeah. Right? It could be as simple as that. And... You came back a different person from when you left. Indeed. Right? You have different experiences. You have different viewpoints. You, And sometimes you can go back, but you're not necessarily going back in the exact same role. You're mm. just going back in the same industry or in the same space because there's lots of opportunities to continue to explore. And this is, I mean, you're so young. There's, there's so many opportunities that you could now take utilizing what you did when you did leave, mm. where you are now, and what you want that to look like. Yeah. Right? So it's not a, I'm going back to the news desk to be that junior editor that I want. It, 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 you're not going back to your old um, situation. Yeah. You're just going back to the area that you recognized early on feels like home. mm and mm. that's where you want to experiment. That's where you want to grow. That's what you want to develop for yourself for the next foreseeable future. And you should praise yourself. You should be happy. A, you recognized it. Mm. B, you took the step, which was darn hard. I don't underestimate how what you went through in order to stand up for your own you know, values and your thoughts and to say, yes, I'm going to make this this pivot back because mm. that's not always easy either. It, it it's not, and um, uh, and, and it's not one of those things that that are really 
celebrated and um and yet it was almost uh and and this is this is what I like to call a segue uh it was it, it was almost um it was almost a form of a leap of faith for myself mm-hmm. e- e- even though it was going back to you know uh familiar situations uh, there was still some unfamiliarity mixed in with that uh so um talking about the leap the leap of faith uh, for your program. Do you uh, in- incorporate this um, the, this leap of faith into your program? Because uh, it's not scientific, but it works. That's true. So we don't necessarily look at it from that leap of faith perspective. What okay. we do in the program is we focus a large bit on confidence. Mm, okay. Confidence to believe in yourself. And to be able to recognize when a choice that you need to make might go against the rights around you, Mm. right? So whether it's your parents or your counselor or the pathway that's been laid out, whether building the confidence gives you the ability to put your foot forward, right? So confidence is being able to take a thought and turn it into an action. Mm. and to step into it and to own it, right? Regardless of whether or not it's right, it feels right to you. So you need to be able to do that. That's similar to your leap of faith. You believed, you you knew in yourself that this was the, the, the way to go, even mm-hmm. though there may have been people that said, are you sure? Is yeah. this like, you know, where you were? And you just said, it, it might sound that way to you, but it's not what it means to me. Mm. For me, this is where I need to go. I need to return home to. I need to go back and explore. Maybe it's just that something is missing. Maybe it was that you felt that there was work that needed to get done that you wanted to be the one to do. Mm. Maybe there's growth that you still see in your career path in that, you know, that area um, of media and and you want that opportunity to to flex that muscle to yeah. to, to to see what's out there this this is not a leap of faith you this is a you have thought about it you have envisioned it and you're going after your dream mm. dreams are made the person you are when you're 16 17 18 there are core values that are there that you know And whether or not life has you shift for economic reasons or societal reasons or it it shouldn't stop you from being able to go back when the time comes, if that's what you choose to do, and relive or re-examine opportunities that you might have given up. Mm. Mm. Oh, man. Um Audrey, I did not know that you were going to be delivering sermons today, <laughs> but hey, I love it. Um, uh, so um, uh, you mentioned this at at the top of the show, um, and, and I wanted to to circle back on this uh, so so that we can um, have 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 a deeper conversation um, uh, about uh, disengaged employees costing mm. companies uh, billions of dollars annually and the cost of quality of life. Um, so, Absolutely. so, uh, so how, how do you and your business, um, address and, and remedy these disengaged employees? So disengaged employees are 
people who have found themselves in a particular position in the company, either because they have the natural skill for it or someone needed them to fill a gap and they thought, might as well try it. Hmm. And they've realized when they're there, this isn't me. And normally they feel trapped, right? They, mm. they, they don't really know how to get out of this situation. So they feel drained. They don't really want to do what they're there to do. Mm. Uh, you see it. it. It works really horrible wonders on uh, culture, on team building, on innovation, on driving revenue, anywhere that you need people to really step in and mm. and little extra effort to make things happen, it's missing. And so you can see. And most leaders that don't see it, there's a problem. Mm. Um, they probably are themselves also disengaged or, you know, <laughs> focused elsewhere than where they should be when they're at work. Mm. When I work with someone who's disengaged, the first thing I want to know is what is it that you're disengaged from? So what is it that's not lighting your fire in regards to the work you do? Because we all know we don't love our jobs all the time. Mm. Nobody loves the job all the right. time. <laughs> or, you know, or very few people. Um, but there's something, there's usually something that's really making you not love your job enough to dread going in. Mm. And sometimes it's a, it's a person, mm. someone else working with that's just beating down on you microaggressions, biases. It could be that you like the work, but it's the environment that's killing you. Sometimes you thought you would love this job, but you're doing 90% of the stuff you hate. Mm. Right? And the stuff that you actually love is only 10%. Yeah. And most of the time it's going to somebody else. Mm. <laughs> so you're just like... This, yeah. this sucks, right? This yeah. is not motivating. I've worked in finance. I know what that can be like. Mm. You know, month in, month out, you're doing clothes and you just got to reconcile. And for some people, woohoo! For me, it was like, I need to be moving into other areas. Mm. But, you know, I had the opportunity to spread my wings. Once we've identified what it is that's causing the, 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 the unbalance, the misalignment, then we can start to work on it. So if it's the environment, change your job. If it's the job, what about the job do you love? Mm. Because you want to do more of what you love and less of what you hate. <laughs> You're right. Kids not do anything that you dislike, but maybe there is a different type of balance that can happen. When I've worked with corporations, we look at the skill sets across the board within the team and we meet with each individual. Sometimes someone's doing something they hate and another person wishes they were doing that job. Mm. If you just had a swap, you would have two much happier people. Yeah. And then people think, what have you done? Wow, this is amazing. And I'm thinking, it's just worth listening. Right? I mean, active listening is the number one skill that I utilize in, in, in the work that I do. Mm. And that is listening to what people are saying and listening to what they're not saying. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so what are um some of the most difficult aspects of the work that you do is it is it working uh with the people or is it is it trying to um trying to have them see what you see in them the most difficult part is when you have young people who have internalized negative uh, feedback for all their lives and mm. they start to think that they don't and can't ever make it mm. 
That's the hardest part. Because so, young people at the beginning of their career, the whole world is open to them. Mm-hmm. Any skill they truly want to learn, they can. Sometimes it's harder for others. I mean, but I mean, we've seen <laughs> we've seen it throughout history. People we thought oh, we could never. Hey, look at Stephen Hawking. He's probably your best. Yeah. You know, situation where there's someone who was so paralyzed, but yet he had such an amazing and enormous contribution. Mm-hmm. So. When I meet a young person and they appear to not have a dream, a vision for themselves, any positive future goal to live towards, it, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then when you find out that it's because they've always been told, you're stupid, you have no good ideas, uh, how dare you try and put yourself above others like that, be humbled to a fault where they start to think of everyone else besides themselves. Mm. That's the hard part. That's the hardest part. And that grows with them, right? Then you have the adults that continuously live this cycle and can't get out of it. They can't figure out how do I create a life for myself when I don't even know what that life was going to, it really should look like. Right. And so that, but that's also what makes my work so rewarding, because when you do nail it, when the the spark goes off and you see them just go, and I've had people be like, "Hold on, a second. no, no, stop for a minute," and and you just see them like you, mm. you can almost feel that energy buzzing, and they're like, "You mean I could?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you awaken that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, what makes it all worthwhile yeah yeah i um um you, you using myself as a uh a, as a example here um i remember i was uh 16 years old um when i told not not just my parents but um but other family members uh that that i wanted to be a radio personality and um and back when i was younger I, I stuttered a heck of a, a heck of a lot more than what i stutter now um and and it was to a point that, you know, folks actually laughed and said, you stutter. You're never going to be on the radio, you know. Uh, so so I actually internalized that for for a couple years until it was um, a mentor that that came in and instilled that that unconfidence that I needed. Uh, so looking um looking to the future um and looking at technology looking at social media and and looking at ai um uh, how how do you all uh make the connection with the youth and the the future of future economies with you know technology is it um you you have suggestions like hey you should check out um you know you should check out Meta. You should check out YouTube. Or do you let the kids kind of get there themselves? My job as a coach is to guide people on their own path. Mm. It, 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 I am no better than that dominating, domineering parent if I start leading them down a path mm. I can express for them. And I've had young people surprise the heck out of me where I think we're going down this way. And I'm like, come on. I can see it. I can see it. And then they go, and then I'm like, 
I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's okay too, mm-hmm. right? My job when it comes to future technologies, AI, meta, AR, VR, what I do is I say to them, what, what new innovations that are out there do you think could heavily impact what career choices that you have hmm. in your in your plans? I love that. Yeah, that's what I that's what I ask them. Right? How can you look to become the innovator that can either disrupt your current industry, or how can you bring, especially if I'm speaking to like a middle manager, how can you bring together? these technologies that we're seeing, not just that are developed, but are developing. So go and do the research and see what's happening in the labs that will enhance what you're doing Mm. in a way that you want to be involved in. Because most companies are waiting for their employees to come to the table with the ideas. Most companies want that. They, they, they pay big money to other people, futurists and IDEO, and to come up with the new innovative ways that they can. But if the people inside who know the company well can raise their hands and say, hey, I have a suggestion, would it not be more exciting to be the one that is seen as, hey, you got some really good ideas. Come, let's have a chat. Yeah. And more often than not, they don't get dismissed. Mm. If you feel that your boss is one that mm, is probably not the best person to tell because they'll either take the idea and run with it themselves and you're left in the dust, or they're already so fearful of the new innovations and technologies that they'll kind of put yours to the side, then go find that person, that, that supporter that you know in the company that is looking for these ideas and these innovations and have a chat, have a coffee. Mm. Let them know that you've got some ideas, that you're wanting to be involved in those changes. This is how it happens. I will tell you what else is happening uh, right now, Audrey. This feels like I'm on the couch and you're the counselor and <laughs> you are just giving me all all the game. I, I mean, I did not um, expect to receive uh, so much uh, selfishly for myself. Um, so, so, so many great, great nuggets of knowledge. Uh, I hope that you, the listener, um, are picking up what Audrey is is putting down uh, because this this is uh, definitely life changing. Uh, so um, my my last question here um, is what's next uh, for the Bedrock program and where do you see uh, y- yourself and an organization in the next three to five years? Got plans. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of what we have been doing is based on um, very traditional neurolinguistic coaching. Mm. Um, but I'm on the Metaverse Standards Council. Oh. I'm looking at AI, um, and we're actually in the middle of raising uh, funds to build um, not an app, but 3D gaming experience um, using mobile technology to 
deliver what I'm talking about with you tonight or today um, to youth globally. Hmm. And we want to build a back-end metaverse communities. We're going to really um, take this large, give opportunities to young people to showcase incredible talents to businesses, to connect with top universities and universities that want to be seen um, as giving you know, opportunities to young people. We're going to host scholarships. We're going to host competition. Like it's, it's, it's going to be groundbreaking mm. and we are going to literally unite youth in impoverished areas that are brilliant mm. and youth that just don't get an opportunity um, and really make it shine. We're, we're going to do it. The plans that we have on the table are just so futuristic, but ready, you know, like yeah. it's not, it's not for five years from now. Mm. It's for the next year or two. Oh, And when it happens, people are going to say, well, wh why weren't we doing this before? Yeah. So, so that's the plan. I, I don't sit still. I've been, <laughs> I started the Bed Drug program in 2019 and we're about to go into a whole new direction um, with the same focus and, and core value in mind mm. to help prepare young people with the right tools to make the right decisions about their futures based on their core values. Well, I will tell you this. It was the right decision to have you on the Melanin Report today. Audrey, thank you so much. Um, I know that, again, me, myself, selfishly, um, I, I picked up uh, – so, so much uh, uh, from you. I'm more than sure that the uh, listener did as well. Uh, so before we um, close things out, uh, where can people contact you? How can they uh, follow you? Social media handles, email, floor is yours. Absolutely. So you can always reach us at The Bedrock Program. So www.thebedrockprogram.com. Um, you can reach me personally at Audrey at thebedrockprogram.com. Um, we are on Instagram. Um, we're on Facebook. And we're also on LinkedIn at uh, The Bedrock Program. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, and um, um, this is just uh, one more question. Uh, why, sure. why call it The Bedrock Program? Ah, glad you asked. Your core values are the bedrock of your life. Like mm. the earth. The earth has a bedrock and under it is a lava. And everything that grows on top is because of that layer of bedrock. Mm. It is that solid. Your core value is that for you. It's that unshakable truth that you know that no one else can mess with. And as you grow and your experiences lead you in different directions, you, do, you don't change your core values, you live them differently. And so by taking the time to help young people understand at a young age what those are and to be cognizant of how that plays out with their happiness and their, their path, then you have the type of tool that no one can take away. And up until they're 50, 60, 80, 100, they will tell you, yes, these are the core values that are me. Mm. And these are the values that no matter how my career journey has taken me, 
they are the ones that have always dictated where I go and how I live it. Whoo, Audrey. Oh, man. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, whoo. Wow. Uh, <laughs> goosebumps and teardrops. That's that's <laughs> that's what's going on uh, right now. I got a little thug tear because I was just so <laughs> like like that was beautiful. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, yes. Yes. The bedrock program again. Um, Audrey, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this isn't the last time that you will be on, on the Melanin Report. I certainly want to uh, uh, follow up on, on everything uh, that you're doing. And 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 hey, look, I got a I got a friend now over at uh, over in the UAE. Uh, you the listener, you hear it. Uh, so uh, yes, yes, yes. So um, <clears throat> the conversation Anytime. Yes, Come yes. Come on down and I'll show you around. Awesome, awesome. So the conversation continues on Friday with part three of this week's podcast series. And as you know, we have our monologue, which we plan on blowing the top off of an important topic. What it is? Well, I implore you to tune in on Friday and find out what that is. And we will be having some panelists join us. And you know how I like to do. I like to have the experts come and discuss these tough topics. Again, I want to thank Audrey for joining us on the Melanin Report. And I'm honestly not even going to give any sign off because that description of bedrock and what bedrock means, I mean, boom, mic drop, Audrey again. Thank you so much. Will I amount to? I've been down and up and now it's round two. I ain't going back to stressed out. If you ain't moving how I'm moving, I'ma leave you where I found you. No longer a statistic. Had to find some armor, help me battle my addictions. Feeling sick, still the illest one living. I'm a diamond in the rough, no wonder all of them dig it, yeah. Gotta turn a choice into a plan. Don't nobody pray for me, my mom ain't aging gracefully. I gotta grab a blessing where I can. By doing good, basically tell karma not to play with me It's easier to never make a change Why I gotta hurt from it before I get to learn from it I can't always go following the noise Sometimes I gotta make another choice Got God on my side And we rocking like this Not taking my time Spending time all on this I'm shooting my shot And I'm not gonna miss Yeah, we rocking, we rocking, we rocking like this I feel a vibe, I don't know why somebody watching me I'm cutting ties with all of you guys, I need my privacy I don't know why, but when they switch sides, that meant a lot to me What I do now, after I'm down, something you gotta see Planted the seeds, knowledge grows like trees No halo on me, but I still keep the peace All of the ties say my goodbyes with no animosity I'm gonna try to close the divide with my generosity Gotta turn a choice into a plan don't nobody pray for me, my mom ain't aging gracefully I gotta grab a blessing where I can By doing good, basically tell karma not to play with me It's easier to never make a change Why I gotta hurt from it before I get to learn from it I can't always go following the noise Sometimes I gotta make another choice Got God on my side, and we rocking like this Not taking my time, spending time 